This week on the reverse, Dick Tyron Banner joins us all the way from the Indoor Hockey World Cup in Pretoria, South Africa. We'll also look back at the other World Cup. King's dead, long live the king. Greetings and welcome once again to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name is John Lee and your name is... Matt Allen. It's a pleasure to be here with you, John, for episode 274 of the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us, maybe for the first time, maybe once again, you fools, you came maybe back. Maybe for the last time. Maybe. <laughs> you might not make it past the interview. You might not even get there. And we do have an interview with Tyron. That'll be coming up very shortly. We're going to do our big World Cup roundup with him and all that sort of stuff. Um, we are was... we are happy to have people join us. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah. Uh, how was your you. hockey week? Because normally you ask me for. Um, it was good. No, for, again, another six days. Did some a little bit of coaching yesterday, yeah. which was good. Um, played the family stuff on Thursday night. Didn't upset anybody at all. That made a nice change, and uh, all the kids had a good go at it and gave it away. Uh, had a win on Wednesday night Masters hockey. Oh. Um, so, no, it's been a very fulfilling um, hockey playing and organisational week. Bit, yeah. bit warm. Bit warm, though. It has like been the, a bit warm. The evening game's still sort of sitting at about 32 degrees or 30 degrees even. And uh, I think currently the temperature's 39. Or is that the expected? It's something like that. It's very yeah. hot. Four o'clock Saturday afternoon. Um, yes, in the, the wake of the recently finished... Men's World Cup in Bhubaneswar, India, and uh, on the the crest of the men's and women's 2023 Indoor Hockey World Cups. Of course, 2022 didn't happen in Belgium because of COVID, so here we are. Um, First one since 2018, is that right? Was that um, in Germany? I think it was 2018, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, it'll be great to see. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot, yeah, no, no, lots, lots, lots of chat coming up about that um, in the show. I will announce now there is a very super special. Maybe I announced it last week, did I? Um, ben Rennie, the Australian yeah. goalkeeper in South Africa, there he's taken over our Instagram account, so getting lots of uh, behind the scenes footage. You can also get those store. It's on Instagram stories, but you can also get it on Facebook stories as well. Uh, so head to Facebook or Instagram and search for at the reverse stick. Whilst you're there, you might as well go to Twitter and sign up as well and follow at the reverse stick. And if you're still hanging around at your computer, you can always go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick, get some extra content and be part of our special family. Um, of course, I mentioned Ben Rennie and uh, we will talk about the World Cup coming up, John, in results. But if nothing else, whatever happens there in South Africa, He's a World Cup winner because he got picked Germany in the, in the Hockey World Cup TRS World uh, Patreon sweepstakes. So congratulations, Ben. And the prize is, what was it, a, a signed Tim, Tim Deven hockey, hockey ball? ball yeah. Hockey ball, We've got one of them. Yeah, around, used, used one. No, I'll get it. I'll just sort it. Okay. Oh, well, I've got one there. Maybe you gave it to me for my birthday last Oh, that's right. I did. Use and Okay. World Cup. Well, that, the all important. What a victory! The all important third placed game, John, oh. between the Netherlands and Australia. Didn't didn't manage to catch that one, unfortunately. No. What happened? Oh, let me, I'd have to check FIH um, TMS page. Yeah, you know, I didn't didn't catch the result on that one. Three uh, three draw in the big game though, um, with uh, Germany and Belgium facing off in a three three thriller, and uh, the Germans popped up again. With the late show and popped up with a shootout win. Uh, more, more and more reason to add extra time. I think I think it was bad the way that game just went straight to a shootout. I think it, you know, it's a final. Let teams decide. Don't leave it up to individuals because that's where you know. Let teams decide. If you still get to the end of ten minutes each way and the team still can't work it out, sure, have your shootout, have penalty strokes, whatever. It's not going to matter. It's equally as disappointing to go straight from the end of a game, whether it's penalties or shootouts. Yeah. Extra time in the big tournaments. The knockout stages of these big tournaments. Not pool games, just the knockout stages. But I was thinking maybe there's an issue with, with broadcasting with it. However, the amount of time that is spent prior to the setup of the shootouts and, 
and it can go on for 19, 20 shoots. Yeah, so, you know, so. I'd be happy with golden goal. I'm not, I'm not saying we should play the whole 20 minutes out necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So the game might be over in a minute. It might not be over at all. You might need a penalty shootout. Or well, they're not penalty shootouts. You might need a shootout. shootout. Yes. Not a shuffle, not a shuttle. Or strokes. You might need strokes. Whichever way you choose to go, whatever you want to do. But, please, you know, and as far as that whole broadcaster thing goes, well, it happens in other sports. Why is it only an issue with broadcasting hockey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, <laughs> it I does, hear you. just doesn't make sense. But congratulations to the Germans. They stuck at it, didn't they? Oh, and, well done. Uh, des- deserve I didn't think it. I think, I think deserved. Run. It did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and of course it was a 3-1 win for the Dutch over Australia. And um, yeah, I think Australia were just um, saving up for the for the Olympics, though, John. Um, tried a few different formations in the bronze medal match. Doesn't really mean anything, does it? Um, why, why worry too much about that? Well, well, the, the Dutch may be a bit lucky, you'd say. Oh, Very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who I'd say was unlucky out of the tournament, though, was looking at India. I mean, what did they play? 15 games well, or something know, like that at the end. Know, but, a but, bug went through the team, the Australian team, that, that morning. Yeah, yeah. That, that probably that morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't feeling very well. Um, yeah, of India's games, they didn't lose. I know. You know and they, they finished ninth. They win everything apart from a 3-3 draw, lose the shootout, and they've had a shitty tournament, and Graham Reed and and all the coaching staff and crew uh, off, well, the, off they go. We had we might have had some slight inside knowledge on. Well, no, I think so. You, I think so. Do you reckon he was ever going to stay? I didn't think. I don't think so. No, no you didn't. I don't think. And you know why? Yeah, because I've seen him playing for Vic Park Masters. No, but, no, because I'd heard because I know that somebody from our club is going to go and play for Vic Park Masters over sixties Divi One this season because to go to go and play with his brother. And Possum Reed will be playing as well. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I think this was decided a long, long time ago. I have a feeling it might have been. Uh, um, just on results, I haven't got them, but um, yeah, Wimbledon won, I know they won the men's Super Sixes, the Jaffa oh, Sixes okay, or whatever, yeah. the Copper Box. Uh, uh, and Scott, Scottish indoors finished, still not a result. Um, Irish indoor finals on Sunday this week and German Final Fours happening as well, which there is... Some streaming happening of those around and about, and Pro League's back next week, John. Is it good? I got. I do have some news though, man. This oh. is news. It's breaking news, and it helps explain why the Australians are, you know, running themselves under the radar a little bit at the moment. A, you know, Jaxie Price up with the bookings, but um, they want to be the first team to win on the hockey zero pitch, the Polytan. Paris GT no, zero po- poly, poly town polygraphs Paris. Paris PPP GT, push past G- pundits GT zero, which did, is developed specifically for the Paris twenty four Olympics. Mm-hmm. And wait, this is a quote: "Is the world's first carbon zero hockey turf." Asterix. Oh, so no, that's no, why no, that. No, what, and what does it say in the asterisk? Independent certification ongoing. Okay, well, that's a bold claim. It is. And, but apparently using this, using sugarcane as the bio raw material for the turf's fibres means that the Polygrass Paris GT zero turf saves 73 tonnes of CO2 compared to a conventional turf. Doesn't say how much a conventional turf uses, but it saves 73 tonnes. And when are we tackling the carbon issue in hockey sticks? Well, <laughs> One, one carbon issue at a time. Well, I was talking to a player yesterday and he, he had a fancy ritual stick with a square end on it. He said, I think it's 100% carbon. I'm going, oh, yeah. I don't know if they make it. Says, contact us for product specifications. We, we should get in contact with them, find out the price, comparisons. And also, how long do you reckon a, um, a turf made of sugar cane would last? Which oh, depends, depends. Because the biggest issue with a turf, let's face it, is you've got to replace the buggers. Well, you wouldn't have one in North Queensland. The toads would eat it up. Oh, very clever. But apparently it's 80% bio-based but materials. Also, but this also says... Made with green energy. But this also says less water. We don't want... We're, aren't we going for zero water? Well, originally... What, we're, we're, looking, we're going zero. for waterless. Uh, look, no, no, no. If you change less then, water around, put the water in front of the less, it says waterless. waterless. Oh, that's right. Waterless. Right. Just, it's yeah. a typo. Obviously, it's a typo. Yeah, man. we'll see about that. It's going to be available globally. And it's highly, dur- highly durable. Well, you'd hope so. <laughs> you know, half a million dollars worth of investment. 
Fifty-four hundred and fifty thousand. How much? How much will this new thing cost? It's made with green energy. Oh, not just your El Cheapo plug into the mains energy, is it? Diesel's got a kind of a greenish tinge to it, hasn't it? It's greenish. Yeah. Well, it is little little tiny organisms that have sort of rotted at the bottom of old oceans from millions of years ago. So, always learning here at the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast, and we are delighted once again to welcome back our good friend from South Africa, Tyron Bernard, who's in the thick of the action there in Pretoria. It's Indoor Hockey World Cup time. Tyron, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to uh, chat global hockey events with the one and only Global Hockey Podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, in, uh, here in Pretoria... Uh, getting ready uh, as we record just one sleep away from Santa arriving and giving us a, a, a tree load full of uh, Christmas matches, of, of hockey matches over the next uh, seven days. Now I saw that I think 80 games are expected over the week and it's the Men's and Women's World Cup. Um, what's the vibe like there in South Africa for such a big event on the uh, the global hockey calendar? Yeah, it's, it's proper excitement has started to build. I think, uh, so last night we had the opening event, you know, the event where all the sponsors and VIPs come to show that they are sponsors and VIPs. And, um, it was, uh, a wonderful way to start the event as uh, the trophies were there, people were taking photos, uh, the players have been playing some warm-up games, getting used to the, the pitch that was obviously only laid a week ago. So it's still settling in. Um, I think quite a nice addition to or change to this World Cup versus the 2018 one is that it's one hall, one pitch. And so uh, all the games are given the same treatment. Uh, I think in Berlin, if you were in pitch two, your game wasn't televised or streamed. Uh, you know, the production was only on pitch one. Uh, the other change is, you know, you're playing in Pretoria, which is at a very high altitude, and it's uh, the first ever summer in the World Cup. And as such... Uh, the teams are only playing one game a day rather than the customary two games a day because uh, the altitude and heat are going to be quite a lot to deal with. So, yeah, so, some nuances that are there, but overall excitement. You've seen good energy from the teams. Uh, you know, obviously, the the really cool story that Ukraine, uh, their women's team are here. So uh, there's some good feel-good stories. A lot of players using this maybe as their swan song. Other players using this as a way to announce themselves to the world and uh, South Africa who has been spoiled for for hosting rights over the past six months uh, get to add another big feather to the cap. Tyron, take us through the venue. Um, you know, how many does it seat? Uh, you mentioned the heat. Is it air conditioned at all? Is it? Uh, how's it looking? Yeah, so it's, it's a venue that's actually used for concerts and exams and all of that. It, it can seat up to about 3,000 people and so it's also got a outside the venue. They've laid a pitch where kids will be playing during the day, and then the kids and parents will come inside and watch the World Cup, which is quite exciting. Um, I don't know so much about the aircon itself, um, but the media center is great, and there will be ham and cheese toasting uh, oh, for everyone. So, Excellent. yeah, they asked me what what did I need on the menu for the the media, and I just said toasties. But um, look, it's a, it's a venue that's hosted some amazing, uh, amazing um, concerts over the years, and uh, it's it's a real uh, what, what's the right word? A coliseum of entertainment uh, that's going to be this week. Uh, it, it, the one challenge is, I think, in an ideal world, we would have liked to, uh, from a South African schooling calendar, have ho- hosted this either in December or maybe in March during the school holidays. Um, because kids would flock down, you know, this is a very kid-friendly sport. It's uh, easy to watch. Bring your kids and have fun. Obviously, now we're asking you to take your kids out of school for a day and come and watch, or at least come and watch straight after school for the day. Um, but, yeah, we're anticipating a fairly good crowd throughout the week, especially on opening day and the closing Friday and Saturday. We expect a big crowd here, and hopefully they just add to an experience for the players. Uh, now, you mentioned uh, the whole experience there. Have you got a mascot? Because I know the six 
foot three seven year old sitting next to me is really excited about the mascot. I mean, we do have a mascot. You can't have a World Cup without, and his name is Nkosi, um, and he is a big, big lion, very similar to uh, Simba from The Lion King. Except, uh-huh. um, uh, what's the right way to say this? Uh, a little bit more cuddly than maybe a real lion. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Nkosi, Nkosi is essentially a word that means master or chief in, in Zulu. So, uh, He's the master of hockey, and uh, he's going to be there to entertain and take photos with the kids. Uh, I think the one thing I really like about indoor hockey, and there's many things I like about indoor hockey, but you know, a venue like this means that the players and coaches and are, are fairly accessible to the kids for photos, for autographs. You know, we we're not at that football level where like getting close to a player is un, unheard of. It's interact, take photos. Join in and have a bit of fun. Yeah, fun. I just want to check the line. Does he uh, roar or does he roar? <laughs> he roars. <laughs> I, I was actually hoping uh, that the Aussie team would have brought his headband up, but uh, when I spoke to Ben Reddy, um, he said no, he left it back with you, Matt. Oh, yeah, well, that's disappointing because I would have oh. liked to have seen that feature in a World, world yeah, he's Cup. He's not allowed to. He wouldn't be allowed to wear it. Under the helmet, mate. Yeah, but... And then you take the helmet off. Oh, oh I forgot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got to take that off. Anyway. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, let's get to the hockey, though, or the indoor hockey, as it may be, Tyron. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with the women's. Two questions, and they're really easy ones. Who's going to win it, and who's going to be the team that comes through and shows that and surprises everybody? Yeah, so who's going to win it is, is a very easy question, I think. Um, having watched them yesterday well, uh, in a training with themselves, uh, it's going to take a gargantium effort from anyone to stop Netherlands. And I think the fact that Germany is not here uh, robs specifically the women's tournaments of that uh, of that title battle. You know, the, the two teams played the European Champions Final. It was a far four classic. But uh, the Netherlands, are, if, they, if they kick... Um, yeah, it's going to be scary. It's, uh, they could win it quite easily. And that's not to discredit anybody else. I think, um, yeah, from from a surprise point of view, I really think it's, there's a really good opportunity for a number of teams to sneak into a top four um, position. You know, we don't have Belarus and we don't have uh, Germany. And they were two likely semi-finalists. So you, uh, you open up a gap um, and... You know, maybe South Africa or Namibia could do something at home. Um, I think we'll talk about them when we talk about the men. I think uh, look out for the Austrian team. They're pretty pretty decent. Um, but it would be nice to, to see a, a team from a different continent to Europe rise all the way to the final. It would be the first time a non-European team makes the final. And I do think in the women's game, that is a golden opportunity that is there. Well, something, oh. something, something to look forward to. So Same you're saying that, that there's games, you've got your eyes on some of the practice games as well as the teams warming up there? Yes, yes, I have. It's been uh, quite interesting. Uh, uh, the, I saw the SA women beat Belgium last night. Ukraine and USA played out a, a pulsating draw. Um, Namibia went down to uh, Canada in a cracker. So, very interesting. Obviously, the Dutch, uh, they decided to play a practice game against their second team, so to speak. And, uh, both of the, both of the, the sixes on the field, uh, were quite a, a scary prospect. So you'd be, for the men's side of it, you'd be thinking the, the Dutch will be there at the pointy end? Yeah, I think if you look at the men's side, I mean, I mean, it, it's hard not to look at Austria. They're, yeah. uh, a well-formed team, and they they have good credibility. They have good history, so good, good you know they they, and... they are your favourite, yeah, a hundred percent. And and they've kept a, a good core together. You know they they're a country who have taken um, indoor hockey and embraced it as their their sports, and you know they want to be the best in the world at it. And they are currently the holders of both the European and the World Cup. So you know they would be the favourites. The Netherlands look very good. Uh, Robert Tiggers is an astute coach, and um, 
I think, uh, you know, being a, a World Cup winning captain, he also has that history in him. So they, they're your two favourites. The Namibian men and South African men, I think, if you are looking for an African team to go far, I think there's a really, really good possibility. One of those two could be knocking, depending on how the quarterfinal draw works out, one of those two teams could be knocking on the door when it comes to the quarter at uh, the semi-final stage. You know, they they know the weather, they know the altitude. Namibia have been doing some special stuff in the warm-ups. They beat uh, USA, they beat um, Argentina and Australia. So um, that's some. Yeah, and I know you can't ever read too much into a, a warm-up game, but nobody goes into a warm-up game wanting to lose. Any sight and of so, um, any sight of Iran yet? Iran have arrived. Um, they arrived only yesterday, though, um, with a massive delegation, and <laughs> they are definitely going. I, I mean, a lot of trading. I think they Yeah, it was twenty six. 26 um, people part of their party that are left, which is about, what, 12 bigger than uh, New Zealand. So, yeah, look, they are also coming with the intention of winning this tournament. Um, but as I said, at present, I haven't seen anything. When I go down to the venue today, we're going to be doing a bit of sound checks. Now, they do have a training, so it'll be interesting to see. Also, how quickly can they settle the... The time zone, the travel, everything is quite tough for, for people and playing here at altitude. You know, even um, in professional sports like rugby, you notice how much of a difference it makes for people who are not used to altitude. You know, we're 2,000 meters up here uh, from sea level. So that's why in all the, the terrorist movies, they always come back to South Africa, you know, when the world is falling apart because we're so high here yeah. in Johannesburg. <laughs> uh, and, and high altitude, not other reasons. Of course. Never <laughs> forbid. Now, Tyron, um, it's not only be the hockey that's going to be global in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be you as well, because you're part of the broadcast team, I believe. I am. I'm one of the commentators, so uh, it'll be... Uh, I'll be uh, bringing out some of those... Uh, let's call them Jabu's Jabs again. <laughs> um, ah, look, I just... I, <laughs> I think I just I watch a game of hockey whether I'm commentating or watching and I watch it out of uh, love for the sport and other entertainment and you know I try and tell the story in the same way and um, I have massive respect for for the the commentators that I've listened to over the years and stuff but I like to bring my own spin to it and so far it, it hasn't upset anyone at the FIH or, or at SABC so my contract has stayed um, and it's ah, look, it's a good bit of fun. Do you, think, do you think they just and, and that, they forgot you had a contract? Yeah, I think I think he got to a tournament and they're like, oh crap, he's still, he's still under contract. Well, so least, I think this up. is what helps when you host so many tournaments, uh, so many tournaments back to back. They forget they gave you a contract for a year and the covers all the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> you're also yeah. you're working hard on the, the the podcast as well, hockey the podcast. There's lots going on there with regard to the World Cup. Yeah, so we, I took a bit of a break, and obviously uh, with Derek's um, uh, work commitments, we were just struggling to find time. So Derek will still come and make a guest appearance every now and again, but uh, we said that in the best interest of keeping it running, I'll, I'll host it alone now. And then uh, just a little bit of a rejig of the logo and stuff, and now back up and underway. And yeah, we, we utilize the World Cup to get back underway. And uh, the players have been really great. We've had chats with players from Netherlands, um, USA, Canada, Namibia, South Africa, all over. And we're trying to get more and more. Uh, I was trying to grab John Wyatt yesterday to try and get him on. So, um, you know, ask him if he wanted to talk to me about that, sure, that article he had oh, sorry, no, um, in India. Um, no, we spell our short corners in indoors, so we're all good there. Yeah. Um, but no, look, we'll, we'll try and put, uh, put something out as much as we can this week. Um, the intention is to put out, uh, an indoor insight every day for the tournament. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, intention might not always be followed up, depending on how things go. There are long days, um, here at the venue. I mean, tomorrow our first game starts at 8.30 and our last one finishes after 10 o'clock. Wow. Yeah, yeah. by about the so, Somewhere in the middle, we'll find a gap. By about the fourth episode, it'll just be snoring. 
I mean, that's a lot of the time what my listeners do anyway. So. Well, uh, yeah, well, well I've, I've been told that some people fall asleep to our podcast, John. What? Your missus? No, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> that's just me droning. You always wonder, is that a compliment? Is that a compliment or is it an insult? I think it's, I think it's a compliment. Um, and I also heard one of the people that does fall asleep to it goes, has been going back and listening. Oh, good. Um, because, uh, some of it was quite interesting before they fell asleep. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Yeah. While we've got you here, Tyron, we might as well do our World Cup review as well, because we've just had a World Cup. Well, just, have, you, have you got, to, have you got another 10 minutes, Tyron? Yeah. Absolutely. Going? So. Absolutely. I've got a bit more time. All right. Good we'll, stuff. We'll do our reverse stick wind up of the World Cup now, shall we? That's good. This is obviously terrible for the Netherlands. Only finishing third is <laughs> yeah, an embarrassment. I mean, we shocking. we probably all saw that coming, didn't yeah, we, Tyra? Yeah, I mean, sure. They should all be checked out now. <laughs> okay, now onto the hockey. Are, are any of those <laughs> are any of those losers from the men's outdoor World Cup playing for the indoor World Cup side? None. None. There you go. That's I mean, it. they've that's all that. been sent to Green. Yeah, that's it. That's how quickly right. they're falling, isn't it? Yeah. New new generation are coming through. Out yep. the back pasture with yeah. you. Send yeah, them. Shocking. Send send them to the farm. <laughs> no, now, Tyron, you kept a close eye on it, as close as anybody did over the World Cup period. What did you make of the tournament? I thought, in the end, it was quite successful. I mean, obviously, I think Germany were was sensational in in that World Cup. I think uh, if we're just talking about the hockey specifically, uh, they're, they're absolutely ridiculous that they want to always start games 2 0 down. Um, but yes, what a great bit of excitement they added. You know, it was a superb final. The, the, the fact that Germany lifted the trophy when they were really not one of the favourites to do so. I mean, I don't know, they're like ranked fourth or whatever, but they really weren't a favourite to do so. They, they did it the hard way. Um, but what a. What a, what a, what a great tournament from a hockey point of view. Yeah. You know, um, I think, uh, we saw, for me, uh, we saw Australia looking absolutely invincible, going 3-2 up and then, uh, in that semi-final and all of a sudden, yeah. decided to stop playing before the whistle went. But, uh, overall, I mean, it's also great to see, you know, it's a little bit boring if Belgium win at a game. It's great to see yeah, yeah, teams yeah. challenging them. I think uh, you're you're also seeing, for me at least, that you know the, the the worry about pro league was that the top teams would pull completely away from the bottom teams. I don't think that's happening as much as it was expected to do so. I think the 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 next tier down, there's still a gap, but I think they are um, starting to close that gap slowly and surely. You know, I think what what we saw from the Nations Cup is those teams just outside the top nine. They're really, really close to each other, and that closeness translates very, very closely with the teams sitting in five to eight. In the one, two, three, and four, they're a little bit better than the rest, and uh, will will win more often than not. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it, we also watched this World Cup through the um, through the the eyes of a, a country about to host an end of World Cup. We're incredibly jealous of the the amount of money. That uh, India have available for tournaments like this. Now, did you um, have any fireworks? You know, did you have any fireworks last night in the stadium there? Um, no, but no. Uh, there was there was a worker that fell out of a roof. It was quite uh, um, exploding. Oh, Are they okay? Kind of Are they okay? Are they before, okay? Before we he's, start a, he's okay. I, he, I'm only I'm only making the joke because he is okay. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. But, yeah, there was it was quite heavy rain and there was a, a leak and the guy was on the roof trying to fix the leak. And the whole roof decided now it's not just a leak, it's a hole. That's the only the only way the whales should get into the indoor yeah. World Cup. <laughs> Through the roof, the leaks. Yeah. <laughs> the leaks. Uh, yeah. Um, um, it's interesting you mentioned in pro league there because I'm sort of post Australia's dismal past last couple of games, <laughs> I've had a lot of discussion with some pretty good players and knowledgeable people around and about and. Two things were, were said, and both related to Pro League. One being that Germany had used Pro League well because they didn't necessarily approach it to win it, but they used it to get game experience for a wider pool of players and younger players coming through. And then the other side mm-hmm. of that, with Australia not um, participating, uh, that lack of 
serious competitive games was what took the edge off it for Australia and they hadn't had enough big game experience leading into the tournament. Yeah, it's a good point because um, when I spoke to Gareth Ewing, uh, the ex-SA head coach, he said before Nations Cup, he believes the SA men will win the Nations Cup. I said, look, France, Ireland, uh, uh, Malaysia are better teams. He said, yes, but the experience we had at Pro League and being able to cap 40 players uh, in a year meant that when we went there, the guys weren't like over wood by the moment. Yeah, yeah. And so again, South Africa, you know, South Africa's venture into Pro League, if you look at the results, you would say it was, uh, it was a disaster. Um, and obviously it hurt the world ranking points. But actually, it was a great thing because there's a lot of young players who have been given their opportunity. Yeah, I, I think the nature of Pro League, um, I do like the, the relegation that they've added to it. I think it's a, a healthy thing. I think the Nations Cup is a very, very good tournament. I mean, whether we had called the Champions Challenge or whatever previously, it, but um, it, it's a good tournament because, you know, we want these teams, when they get to a World Cup, to not be completely overawed by the experience. If you look at a, a Chile or a Wales in those early games, I mean, Wales did remarkably well. Their victory against uh, France was was superb. But, um, yeah, if you look at them in the early games, you could almost feel like it was a lack of exposure to um, high international level level hockey that, that um, you know, almost hurts them a little bit. Even the, the, you know, I look at the South Africa versus Australia game um, where the Australians won 9-2, I actually thought for the first half, South Africa competed fairly well, yeah, yeah. but made too many errors. And it's a lot of players who, you know, who are making the errors are not the players that were involved in pro league. They're the players who've had to step up after injury. Mm. And, you know, I, I thought Australia took their chances well, but I thought South Africa gave them chances that weren't necessary. You know, we, we, we look back and we finished the tournament in that tied for or 11 spot and, you know, you'd say, yeah, which came in as the 15th team, that's good. It is good, but there's also disappointment from the South African side because, you know, both the Argentina and France games in the pool stage were games that were probably there for the taking. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Argentina game definitely, I thought the South African boys played really well. They frustrated Argentina. They um, spoiled it and just, you know, we... We have in Connor Beecham a very good penalty corner taker when he's on song, but he's got average of about one from six, where Matthew Guys Brown, who uh, had an operation on his hip, so was unavailable. You know, we're talking there two from three, if not even better than that. Yeah, yeah. And when you're a nation who doesn't get ten penalty corners in a day game, you can't only convert one from six, unfortunately. Yeah, and look, I think as well, Tyron, people forget how cutthroat a World Cup is. Uh, there's, mm. there's really, it's at a very high standard. You think India didn't lose a game and finish ninth. <laughs> they didn't, didn't, yeah, look, they it, didn't lose a game. So it's, it's a harsh reality, your World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I do think the, the, the after World Cup probably to me makes a mistake in having a crossover phase. You finish third in your pool, you really shouldn't have a chance to still win the World Cup. Um, and, and I know that maybe uh, sounds a little bit negative for someone from a small country, but you know, you've got to keep the, the, the illustra of it. You've got to keep the, the charm of it by, by making it something that, you know, you want to make the quarterfinals, finish in the top two of your pool. Um, yeah. So again, I mean, like, I don't think it's right that, uh, India finish Ninth, for example, without losing a game, and um, because they should have been in the top eight, they they were second in their pool only on goal difference, and um, they probably should have uh, at least got to the quarterfinals and got beaten there. Um, but it is what it is, you know. You've got to play the the tournament format in front of you, and everybody knew it beforehand. Yep. And sometimes, I mean, it's just about. I look at the the Junior World Cup and the South African girls. They uh, uh, I think they won one game or maybe they won two at the end. But if you win the right game, all of a sudden you're in the top eight. Um, you know, so you don't you don't have to win everything. 
I, I mean, I'm, uh, it was exact opposite. I, I think our girls won one game, if I remember correctly, then they finished eight. Um, whereas the boys had to win like six or seven or five games or whatever it was to finish nine. And um, because they dropped into the bottom half. And, you know, that's what it is. Um, I suppose the one thing that is different about the World Cup these days is that you still got ranking points now for grabs in every game. And if your country is one that ranking points are important, you know, and then even when you're playing down at the bottom, it's still important uh, games for you. It's not just classification goals. No, and it's also, interesting, well, though, that they get more of an opportunity to score points at a World Cup yeah. than, say, other teams. Yeah, four game, four who, games for England. Yeah. Uh, uh, who, yeah. You know. <laughs> so, if I think... Well, that, that's, again... Uh, uh, sorry, I was just going to say that, that, that that's, again, that's where the format doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, England finishing top of the pool only get four games. Um, for example, France played a crossover, they get six. Uh, and, and with both teams are there for three. I mean, imagine being there for three weeks and you play four games. Yeah. And what a waste of money. And the other side of it is this equal 11th. Well, well I was, was going to say it's Tyron. Would you prefer to be 10th, would you prefer to be 10th at the World Cup or 11th at the World <laughs> Cup with South Africa? I mean, I would prefer to be 10th. Well, you, um, you can say that. Nobody will query you. Yeah, well, 11th. you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the idea that you wouldn't, no, you wouldn't play that extra game to make the difference? You're already playing all these extra qualification games anyway. Why not just play the extra game and find out? But my biggest criticism of the World Cup is the time South Africa played the very first game of the tournament, playing Argentina in the opener, and we played the last group game of the group stage. Right. Yeah. Like, how is that? How is that good scheduling? How is that? Yeah, fair. And also, if you're going to use two venues and they're 600 kilometres apart, keep keep one group in one venue. Yes, yeah, for the oh, whole yeah. Group, that, no? that change was just change. ridiculous. Yeah, mm. oh, I, but I think that was just to suit India playing in two different venues across. And so, if it was happening for India, it happened it needed to happen for everybody else. So it was fair, uh, fair, and decide, <laughs> well, decided. Yeah, fair. look, and at least it did. At least it did happen for everyone. Um, but yeah, again, I think. You know, we, we we sometimes are trying too hard to to create a product when our product is good. Yeah. You know, so instead of trying to create something new, let's try and find ways of elevating what we've got because it is a good product. And, uh, you know, the world does want to watch. So, you know, let's give them something to watch on this. Look, look I mean, you also have to admit, looking at the fireworks display, the lights display, I mean, you know, they, whatever way the money was spent, it did look incredible. Um, it, it was very disappointing, but I say this knowing that we're probably going to experience the same this week. It was very disappointing to see empty stands for games. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, exactly. South Africa played Malaysia in a cracker with a 20,000 seater stadium with maybe 200 people in it. Well, look, look at the numbers for but the to watch semi- a game semi-final. With India there. You know, Australia up yeah, first yeah, in, in that semi-final. When you think, right... Okay, maybe spend half the amount on the fireworks and pay people to go and fill the stadium. Well, don't, you know. don't even worry about the fireworks when you're starting at 4.30 in the afternoon, no. maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, on to the important stuff, the individual awards. Um, and uh, I'll, just, I'll just have a agree or disagree from both of you. Okay. Uh, hero top scorer of the tournament, Jeremy Hayward. Well, he did, didn't he? Yeah, well, I agree then. Yeah. Uh, nice and easy agree. Yeah, yeah. okay. Next up, I'm actually taking these images from Mr. Dr. Batra's Facebook page that he's posted, um, oh. a set of them. Uh, Fans' Choice Award for Best Goal, uh, Christopher Rrrr. I've got to agree with that one. I agree, I agree. All right, agreed on that one. Best Forward of the Tournament, Nicholas Wellen, Vellen from Germany. Best Forward. Oh. Probably, he was excited. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably won it for him. He played better than Rue, though. Adisha, best player yeah. of the tournament. He's got the double up. Nicholas Vallon. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I think that's yeah. all round agreed, isn't it? Best team goal celebration. Korea. Oh, no. I have no I clue seen. at all because I think that is the most ridiculous award in the history of awards. So, uh, no, I disagree. They should rather not give that award. Yeah, I think Australia's I eighth, from Australia's eighth goal against France. I, I agree with what Tyron said. Oh, okay, so you disagree? Unless they're repping their kid off and 
something really outrageous. What this, are they going to do? I mean, this is this is a hard one. I think best defender of the tournament, Jeremy Haywood, Australia. You've already got the top goal no, scorer, champ. No, he wasn't. No, what you do? No, at, what done, you do at one end of the field? On the basis. Yeah. Nah, nah. nah they unfortunately I've seen from these FIH events quite often. You know, if you score goals, you get awards. And you know, a, a defender scoring goals because he's the penalty corner taker doesn't, doesn't mean he's a, he thinks he's the best penalty corner taker. Yeah. Um, so well done on that award, but not best defender, not for me. Next image says Netherlands bronze medal. No, I disagree. I disagree. What? Netherlands bronze medal. <laughs> is that what they got? Is that their award, a bronze medal? That was the next image. Oh. Right. The JSW oh. best goalkeeper of the tournament, Vincent van Asch, Belgium. Uh... I thought he was disappointing in the final. You know, I'm going to say that and then maybe get lynched by Belgian fans. Thought that goal that went through his legs. I even thought the penalty yeah. corner. I know there was design. Uh, there was a. Uh, uh, a bit of shape on it, but that's the kind of thing you really should be saving. Um, throughout the tournament, he's probably one of the top keepers. I thought uh, Pimmon Block was really good. I thought I Charter, I mean, Charter knows how to save a penalty stroke. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, I think they should split the sorry. award. It should be above your waist and below your waist award. Because Charter clearly wins the above <laughs> your waist award. Uh, some of those uh, stri- not just the strokes the drag flicks he was saving off short corners that was it but anything, yeah. anything near his feet was going in but so we need we need a I mean, below the waist goalie I know, it could get very sordid well, very quickly couldn't it <laughs> maybe, maybe if England played six games I mean Ollie, Ollie was having a cracker as well yes yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. maybe we just didn't see him enough yeah so, good call best midfielder yeah. of the tournament Victor Avenez from Belgium. Yeah. Oh, got to I mean, it's, it's always a tough one. I mean, he's, no, he's, he's always, uh, he's always, like, I mean, he had a good tournament, but it's always a tough one. You know, you always want to look to who's helped their team win and how Germany turned things around. And, um, you know, you would imagine it. It would have been one of their midfielders, but when you have to stand out when, when, uh, throughout the tournament when Belgium looked like they were cantering until semi-final stage. Mm. Um, so yeah, again, it's a, it's an okay award, but midfielder is always a little bit tougher. I think with a, with the midfield award, or especially the way hockey's played today, very few players actually play as an out-and-out forward or an out-and-out defender. Mm. Most people are, do, are rotating through the midfield, basically. They're playing up and down the field. They're all over the shop. So, there's a far greater pool of players that are potentially not, you know, you think about being in that nominate, being able to nominate for that award. Because, you know, mm. n- name the number of out and out strikers that played at, at this World Cup. Just purely strikers. We're talking blokes like Govers. Yeah. Ephraim. You know, like, they're, they're, there's very few of them these days. All right. We'll move on. Fair play award. And I think this is right. It's for Belgium and it's fair play. You fixed the trophy after you lo- broke it last time, and it, and it looked all right on return. Did you make that up? Yeah, very kind of you. No, it is a fair play. Well, maybe, 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 maybe India, maybe India should have got a fair play for you know not crying when they lost. Too soon, too far. Oh, I, well, I no, their fans did. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I saw that bit. <laughs> <It's> complete, <laughs> complete opposite. Um, there you go. Are there any more? Let's, we'll click again, or are we going to go back to the original? No, I think there's another image. Oh, Germany, gold medal champions. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, there was, there was just, uh, the, the, the other players that oh, know, thought about a lot of midfield of the tournament was Grambush. I thought he was so good for yeah, Germany yeah. as a captain. But I think almost that leadership yeah. was, was more <laughs> inspirational than his performance. But uh, I felt like he, he was unlucky not to walk away with an individual award. I, you know, I, Not that he cares. I was I was impressed by Germany in the fact that, and we know this about their game, but just that patient, boring build-up that they do, just waiting for a chance, mm. uh, and it it just it paid it paid off for them. And and uh, yeah, the the way that they um, they just kept nicking the ball in midfield. It was just you know they mm. were they, they they were picking up great loose balls. Um, Opposition weren't having the opportunity to sit on the ball at all. The tackle was coming in there. Then, like you say, the players like Granbush, they just made it made it happen for them. 
Yeah. Uh, JSP Foundation Best Junior Player, one of yours, Mustafa Kassiem. Yeah, so I feel I have this conversation. I'm very pleased to have a South African win the award. I feel like he was wrongfully overlooked at the Nations Cup, and I feel like they uh, carried a little bit of that into this. Um, you know, he missed the game against Australia. Yeah, we finished 11. I'm not sure that he was necessarily the best young player in this tournament, but uh, you know, that's probably an overdue award because he's been nominated as the best young player in the world and unfortunately he was nominated against an Indian so lost the voting quite easily. Um, he, was not, he, he should have won it for Nations Cup. I don't think he was as impactful at this one, but I am very pleased for him and obviously uh, the team that there is an individual award because you know, it sparks some more interest in sponsors and uh, maybe if there is a Hockey India League, Mustafa and Diane will be part of it. Yeah. Is, is he playing in Europe at the moment? Uh, yeah, they're both playing. In, the brothers play together in um, in Germany for Much and Gladbach, yeah. who are uh, at the halfway stage, top of the log in League One. Ah, good. One down. Good stuff. And, and it's always the bloody challenge for South Africa, isn't it? Is the talent drain um, because they get spotted on the on the rise, and it's you know it, it's mm. it's good for the quality of their hockey, but not necessarily for getting everybody together at the right time for things. Or enough. Yeah, so, so what Martha is about them is their contracts include, they were able to negotiate, and obviously those special players, they have a little bit more negotiation, and they were able to negotiate flights home for, as part of their contract. Yeah. So they're able to represent the national team. And obviously within reason and stuff, but you know, a lot of our players, you know, are good, but they're not that A-list level. And so when they go overseas, it's, cool, you come, but if you need to go home, it's on your own account. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and it. That, that becomes the challenge. Tyrone, if, uh, it's my theory. I don't know. People will probably laugh at it and poo-poo it. But if we had less more less international hockey and uh, we would be able to have more players doing that without the pressure of having to represent their countries because there would be a window for it and it would much like football. Um, yep. And then... The other thing we do is, you know, every country would be in that position of only being able to get their players at certain times. All nations would be at that level. You would you would get rid of Australia having a, a their team living and breathing in each other's pockets every day, like the Dutch do, or like all these national, um, what would you call them, national programs. Well, would, no, the, the Dutch don't. Oh, no, 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 the Dutch. But a lot no. of countries, England has it. All yeah. their players... Yeah, cent- yeah centralised programs. Centralised yeah. programs. You wouldn't be able to have that because the players would be playing with their clubs and you, the international coaches would become more like international soccer coaches. That would be the next step up. Okay, you've proved yourself a club land because you've had the boys in your pocket every week. Now let's step up to international level where things are different. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you just have to look at the difference between Nathan men and women. Nathan men are on the rise, women are are right at the start of a new journey. But the men have seen their success rise through, I mean, that core group of players all play in Europe now. I mean, whether it's uh, the the Kasims who are playing in Germany, Tevin Koch uh, is playing in, in Ireland, um, you know, Nick Matt, Spooner and Billy and Tilly. Matt You know, it just... Been in England Matt for a long time, Brown in England. Yeah, yeah so I mean, you, you've got the core there I got the Dan Bell playing in Belgium. Estian Creek is now playing uh, in the Netherlands. So, you know, you've got a team being based there. Now, now the operation is to how do you get more of the youngsters across there? Even it, like get them to Ireland where we've got a, a much easier visa um, issue. So get there. There's quite a bit of our, our South African involvement there. You know, get them across there and then get our coaching staff up over there and run. Um, you know, training camps rather up there than also forcing the guys to fly back all the way to South Africa for an interprovincial trophy that lacks, uh, lacks, you know, it lacks quality. And, and so we're asking guys, you know, we, we've got a problem in South Africa that our constitution says you have to play in the nationals to be selected for, for the international team. You can only miss one year and you need to come back. And the problem is, you know, if you come back and play for a team that's put together a week before a tournament, how is that better way to view you than if I can watch you play club hockey in the Hoofter class? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, I think look, there's lots of background things to that, but I, I agree. Let's let's you know, I, I said it on a a call with Ernst Bart a while ago. Um, let's make our hockey pedigree events pedigree events. Let's make it all about those. So don't yep. water them down by having fifty different series. Um, we have an African Cup every second year because one is a qualifier for the World Cup, one is a qualifier for the Olympics. I'm saying maybe there's better ways to start doing that um, because the African Cup is unfortunately not a good tournament. It's not like the European. You know, you're watching the whole African Cup for essentially a game between South Africa and Egypt, and I'm not trying to downplay the rest of the continent. Um, I'm just trying to say, like, you know, are we wasting people's time? That's the reality. Yeah, of the it. reality. So let's work within the, the bounds of reality and, and see what we can do to produce a better product. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's quali- in that instance, maybe it's qualifiers for an African Cup and it's just a four-team tournament that gets played from the two qualifiers plus Egypt and South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would be a great idea. Rather than make the tournament bigger, make it smaller and make it quality. Yeah. Now, Tyron, we're going to have to let you go. We've been gas-bagging for too, for yeah. too long. But I, I, do, <laughs> I do have one final thought for you, just while we're having that discussion. And, you know, the sport obviously needs a bit of money. How about we get on to Dana White at the UFC and get that lion and that turtle in the octagon? I tell you what, that would be... I like the lion would win. <laughs> but maybe they don't even have to get into the octagon. They they could just do that slap thing that he's now started. Stand there and slap each other. I mean, that, that could be quite entertaining. As you talked about happy slapping, <laughs> wasn't that about 15 years ago? That's happy feet. Oh. 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 <laughs> that was penguins okay. too. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, back. Don't worry, he's back. Tyron, before you go, please plug all of the channels on which not only you do your um, your own stuff, but also where to watch the Indoor Hockey World Cup 2023 from Pretoria, South Africa. Yeah, so uh, obviously all the SA Hockey accounts is where we're going to be sharing all the tournament-specific stuff. Hockey, the podcast on all the different uh, podcast platforms. And then uh, look around the world, you'll be able to watch and watch hockey Unfortunately, it is behind the paywall, about $4, I think it is. So uh, that's what you'll be able to watch here in South Africa. It may or may not be on Supersport. It will be on Watch Hockey, and it should be on SNBC Sport. So Good to have these con- I'm sure you'll confirmed. find it. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully by the time it starts tomorrow, um, and obviously by the time people are listening yesterday, um Hopefully by that time I can tell you exactly where it's on. Fantastic. Well, we're looking forward to hearing your dulcet tones calling the 2023 World Cup. Exciting stuff, mate. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, hashtag bring back the bully. Yes. And, uh, and of course, uh, you <laughs> play, right. if you're playing indoor hockey, hashtag don't give it a whack. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, James. Cheers, Tyrone. Thanks, Tom. mate. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. That was the big jaboo, Tyron Barnard from Pretoria yeah, for get, the Indoor World Cup. Get, your, World Cup get well. your eyes on it if you can afford it and get your ears on it if you afford can afford it. it. Come on, afford it. $3. It's going to be US. Three yeah, US dollars okay. ninety nine. I appreciate there may be some people in the world that that would be a real stretch for. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to want to watch it. What are we talking about? Well, you can probably you know? afford it. More to the point. Three, what, four bucks? Yeah, well, if you can afford four bucks, go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse too, doesn't it? It gets you all the games, admittedly. Yeah, all 80 of them. But, but yeah, the on... point we had, though, when, did, did that make it in the interview? No, when it was we a talking chat before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I got the watch.hockey um, reminder that the, it's coming up. And uh, let me just find here. Um, it, ba- it basically says... Um, Sixteen teams, M plus W, men's and women's, but 30, you know, thirty-two teams. That's right, isn't it? yeah. Um, and then it says six players. Is it six players or six aside? That it says? No, oh, six players. It. I've got it here. I've got it here. Here we go. I found it. Old. Get your pass now for only three dollars ninety-nine and watch all matches. Twenty-four, twenty-four teams, men and women. All oh, right, there we go. Twelve uh, teams. Yeah, yeah. Six players per team. Eighty games. Why would you put six players per team on there? 
at the like a tautology thing going on. It's I, indoor hockey. Indoor only has six. Why are you having to say yeah. six players? What's what point are you making? Is this so we can distinguish it from hockey fives? On to hockey fives, John. Hockey Australia have put out a, a news release this week. Oh, but just uh, before you oh, go there. Go on, sorry, go on. Back on to that. We're thought, talking I about that. was the a four, perfect segue. But. Oh, it was. I just wanted to ruin it. Because the $4, the $4 thing, the thing about when it's behind a paywall, you can't accidentally come across it. No. You, you, so it's only for diehard hockey fans you, or family not, members, maybe. It's, it's not going to come up in someone's, oh, YouTube recommended viewing no, list no. or something like that. It's It disappears. That's right. Anyway. Now you can go back to Hockey 5. Yeah, Hockey 5. So um, a few people made comments on the socials um, with regard to a post from Hockey Australia uh, entitled Australian Hockey 5 Squad Selected for World Cup Qualifiers. And there's an image of uh, two young ladies playing indoor hockey, um, which obviously people jump onto straight away. There is some relevance and context, I think, behind this article and that picture. Uh, I'll take you through the article. Um... I don't particularly think this is Hockey Australia um, going two feet in, yay, Hockey Fives. I think this is them probably um, taking a bit of middle ground, sitting on the fence. But anyway, you make your judgment. The growth and popularity of the Hockey Fives format in Australia continues to build momentum with the announcement of extended national men's and women's Hockey Fives squads to attend a selection camp in Warrnambool on the 22nd and 23rd of April. Women's and men's squads of 20 and 19 players, respectively, have been selected to attend the camp, which will be used to select the teams to compete at the World Cup Oceania qualifiers to be held on the Pacific Islands in July. Not quite sure where, but the, the Hockey Fives World Cup is scheduled for a man in 2024. Um, Hockey Australia is excited to be holding our Hockey Fives national team selection camp in Warrnambool, the decision was an easy one, as the Warrnambool hockey community have thrown their support behind the Fives format, said Hockey Australia's Chief Strategy Officer Michael Johnston. As our Fives national teams take their first steps on their way to the Hockey Fives World Cup, we can't wait to see the teams connect with the local community and inspire the next generation of talent. The national squads were selected from the 2022 Hockey Australia Country Championships and the recently concluded Open Division of the 2023 Hockey Australia Indoor Championships. Players selected from the Indoor National Championships have demonstrated the skills and knowledge necessary to excel in the Hockey Fives environment, said Hockey Australia's Senior Manager, Community, Blair Chalmers. Do you want to jump in now before I finish? No. Oh, wait, you finish it and I'll say a couple of <laughs> Okay. Uh, This group, combined with the players selected from the country championships, will facilitate a competitive atmosphere that is sure to result in highly talented men's and women's squads. The process for identifying team staff will commence shortly. (laughs) This will include a head coach and team manager for each team, as well as one physio for the tournament. Warrnambool District Hockey Association are in final discussions to build a specific Hockey Fives facility, which is expected to be constructed later this year. The association have purchased two sets of Hockey Fives boards, which will be used during the camp, providing the best environment possible for selections. Hockey Victoria is assisting with the logistics of the camp. Then there's a bit more about the guy from Hockey Southwest who's pleased that they can take some 12-year-old academy players along and get involved. And um, um, Anyway, squads of 12 um, will be picked from that to go to somewhere on the Pacific Islands in July at some point. Um, but my, yeah, my, you know, some, my feeling with that is they, they ain't that massively getting behind. And for point one about the Pacific Islands there, they can't really decide on a, on a venue yet until the end of the cyclone season, man. And then we'll know if anybody's facilities are still able to be used in the Pacific Islands for a world-class tournament. I think that's a fair call. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, doesn't, that whole state or the whole press release sounds a bit like, you know, you're the Hockey Australia CEO and you're sitting there and you walk out to the secretary and, uh, hey, Alice, um, there's, this, there's this email here from the FIH about Hockey Fives. Are we supposed to be in a Hockey Fives tournament? <laughs> oh, let me check you, that for you. Can you find out some can, details? Can you, can you give us some details on that? What? All right. 
Fuck, who's got hockey? Where, where's it going to be? All right, okay. Who's got hockey five boards? Oh, well, uh, sir, I, I saw a social media post from Warrnambool <laughs> District Hockey Association. They, they were buying two sets of them. Oh, fantastic. Anywhere else? No, I think that's it, sir. Okay. Well, we've got to pick a team. All right, we'll have a tournament. All right, hang on. We've two most recent tournaments we've got. Indoor, state indoors. And country championships happen probably fairly... Yeah, all right, okay. Well, you know why they haven't got a coach yet? Because the first thing coaches ask is, uh, uh, who are all the players representing their states in Hockey Fives? Hmm. Oh, you mean the state Hockey Fives championship? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who won that? I can't remember. It must have been on recently. So, they've obviously decided (laughs) that... The pool of players is coming from, and, and there's some very good, um, no, the, the national, um, country, the Australian country national hockey team is a good team. And we'll, oh, and we'll probably, no and we'll probably be ranked about 25th in the world. Of country hockey teams? No. Oh, if the country hockey team plays, we're allowed country. to play in FIH competitions. So it would, Australia is a country country, Australia country country. Uh, yeah. Um, they're a, they're a good side, and they go oh, over okay. and smash, you know, Fiji and Vanuatu, and you know, they're, they're more likely Teams to be of appearing Europeans those. Teams we'll have real trouble with, yeah. <laughs> um, or have had in the past. Um, so they're not saying we're sending our best players in the world to the Hockey Fives World Club, Cup. Um, That's be, a bit be, mean. Well, no, because true, but mean. but in fairness to the players. They're not playing for the Kookaburras, are they? No. Well, and now some of them may be playing, um, playing for the Burrows for um, junior. Yeah, you know, if picked, I'd go, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you've Is still that... you've still got to go and get that bloody Fiji residence for us. Oh, That's what I'm waiting on. We could. Three years, bang, we're in. You reckon? Yeah, we'd get over there and find that we we're actually still the worst players. Oh, come <laughs> yeah, on! Club. Don't don't put yourself down like that. Don't put yourself down. Um. So, yeah, look, I think they're just going, okay, yeah, we've got to, we've got to do something in this space. And, uh, those guys down there, well, well, the guy from, um, Hockey Southwest, Mark Bridge, their secretary, goes on to say about the, um, here we go. It's enabled new and past players to step back onto the field in a social and welcoming way. As we've talked about on this show many times, we run 11 aside formats. We, at the club now, in summer hockey, our club, Five-a-side format, seven-a-side format, 11-a-side format, and sometimes, if not enough people turn up, eight-a-side format. Um, yeah. It doesn't ha- have to be um, a whole new format of the game and expense for these boards, although you don't need the boards, apparently, do you? All right. Sorry. Okay, look, we'll move I on. We're going to have to go and, and we're going to have to um, Can I just yeah, head off. This? Okay, look. So you're reading uh, an article off the FIH website. FIH it's an interview is... with Thierry Vale and uh, Tayab Ikram. It's excerpts. These are excerpts, so it's edited by the FIH. Is okay. it, or did they just write the answers themselves? I'm not sure, but, you know. Now, um, here's an interesting one. Teams ranked on the same position, for example, two teams ranked ninth. We've talked about this. This is what Tyve had to say. We are happy with how the ranking or classification system is right now. For us, the most important thing is the players' well-being and mental health. Also, we need to make the sport cost-effective for all teams. What does that mean? What, what does it mean? Equal ninth. Oh, you know, what? they can't. One of them can't come 10th. Oh, no, they'll be ever so upset. Well, what about the the 11th and 12th place teams? They can't come 11th and 12th, can they? No. I'm no. Just, we certainly can't have anybody come in 16th dead last. Also, we need to make the sport cost-effective for all teams. They're already there, and Adisha are paying for the accommodation. Could have just played the extra game, couldn't you? Yeah. Could have been a good thing they were. But is that... Hang on, John. This hasn't been said for a while. Shh, have I heard you listening? Well, maybe, maybe one of these questions. Uh, check the questions. Oh, look, Thierry, on new surfaces coming into play. Hang on, sorry, sorry, just checking. Nicholas, are you listening? We want to thank our partners and suppliers. Oh, sorry, let me 
directly quote the FIH CEO. We want to thank our partners and suppliers who have worked hard to develop a surface where we can play hockey without water. We used it for our Hockey Fives event in Lausanne last year. In the future, pitches won't need water. For sustainability, it's very important to save water. And it is. And let's go back to athlete well-being and let's see how we go with turfs with no water on them and how many injuries are incurred. Mate, I think they've totally missed the boat. Honestly. You won't be able to get a boat with no water, John. Hey, No water? Isn't the earth... Isn't... <laughs> oh, look, I just... Oh, you're not going to go on one of your eco rants, are you? Water ain't going to be a problem in the near future. Maybe. Too much water might be. Apparently, water is what you get when you melt pile of ice caps, Matt. I don't know. You well, you've just stuffed up. Reverse. You've just, just stuffed up our rankings. We're a hockey podcast, and you just said ice, right? That all the algorithms that run through podcasts and what have been said. Is that? A, are we going to be? We're going to be top of the ice hockey podcast chart soon, John, and it's going to confuse everybody. Oh no, it's going to confuse me. Um, I confuse. What more have we got? Let's go. We got to go. Um, we have got to go. Uh, we, did you want to pick up anything else out of that? Oh, oh Pakistan. Oh, really? oh, no, a bit it's more. It's very funny. A bit more. Bit, yeah, that's at the FIH website. It's, uh, yeah, you'll find the headline FIH President and CEO press conference in Bhubaneswar excerpts. Um, I've just got, I've just got a surprise, surprise to finish with, John. Uh, this is from geosuper.tv. Former Pakistan hockey team manager and Olympian Kawaja Junaid is likely to challenge in court the life ban imposed on him by the PHF. According to sources, Junaid is currently working out the details with his legal counsel before moving the court. Junaid says that he stepped down after the Asia Cup debacle last year where Pakistan fielded 12 players instead of 11 during a match against Japan. That's where they learnt it, John. But that doesn't mean that he was the only one responsible for the blunder. The decision to not take action against others involved in the mistake make this decision suspicious, he added. It must be noted that a PHF inquiry... Committee slapped a life ban on Junaid on Tuesday. Pakistan failed to qualify. I don't have to talk about their failings. Um, <laughs> PHF legal advisor Mian Ali Ashfaq also opened up about the verdict of the committee. Pakistan faced a lot of embarrassment due to Kawaja Junaid. Due to his misconduct, Pakistan failed to qualify for the World Cup, said Ashfaq. The decision to ban him has been taken in line with FIH rules, he added. He also stated that Junaid didn't appear before the committee to present his point of view. The committee had called Junaid to appear before the committee, but he didn't oblige, he said. The decision to ban him has also been approved by the PHF president. No surprise there. Meanwhile, PHF secretary Haider Hussain said that Junaid had told him over WhatsApp that he was not responsible for the debacle. However, Hussain added that according to FIH rules, this responsibility lies with the manager. Despite Pakistan's rich history in hockey winning... Back, oh, okay, we, and then more stuff we already know about how terrible Pakistan have been. Um, who'd have guessed? I mean, it's interesting to watch. There's a soap opera in there somewhere, John. You go to motor racing to see the crashes, don't you? I'm actually watching a few more of those like apps and reels and things coming through. Not not the really serious ones. The ones that you oh, that was close. Videos. Always lucky. Yeah. Not the yeah. Um, if you're out on the field this weekend, folks, give it a whack. Do, yeah, give it a whack. And don't forget to jump onto our Instagram and Facebook and follow the behind-the-scenes action hosted by Aussie goalkeeper Ben Rennie um, and TRS World Cup sweepstake winner yeah. Ben, ben Rennie. Ben Rennie. Yeah, yeah. thanks yeah. for joining us. And, uh, Good luck to everybody in Pretoria. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, enjoy the hockey. I will.